This week on Intrigued Full of Fact. A very beautiful, very uh, loving, caring person. And she loved all of us and was always helpful. So it's really hard to be without her. I'm Shandrea Thomas, and welcome to episode 35. In this podcast, I talk about curious cases, disappearances, and other stuff. And today I'm talking about the disappearance of 19-year-old Tatiana Duggar. The Oroville, California native vanished on January 8th of this year from a house party in Oakland, California. According to Tatiana's sister, Deneen, the family got a call from a man named Marcos, who Tatiana was staying with at a hotel in East Oakland at the time of her disappearance. And that hotel was the West Wind Lodge. They also say he claims he went to a party with Tatiana, lost track of her, and never saw her again. I spoke to Deneen, Oakland police, and the Butte County Sheriff's Office about the case. This is what happened. Let's just kind of start from the beginning so people can understand what's going on with your sister's story. How'd you guys realize that she was missing? What took place? Um, Tatiana came home on the day of Christmas and she spent about five days at my house. Uh, she left abruptly on January 1st and she went to Oakland with a man named Marcos. They were there for about eight days staying at a hotel and as Friday night, January 8th, she went missing at about between 2 and 4 a.m. Um, we were notified the next morning. Well, my I have a younger sister who's littler than Tatiana. She's 17, and she was notified from the man himself, Marcos, that Tatiana was missing. And he said that they went to a house party, that when he went back for her, she was gone. So my younger sister waited about pretty much all day Saturday, January 9th for Tatiana to get a hold of her thinking maybe, you know, she was just not using her phone or maybe she had gone somewhere else. We, she really didn't know. She was just hoping that Tatiana would get a hold of her. It was about eight o'clock Saturday night that my youngest sister informed me that Tatiana was still missing. And that's when I filed the missing persons report with the Oakland police department. Okay. So what did the guy say as far as like, he takes her to the party. He takes her to this party, right? So they go mm-hmm. to this party. I'm assuming they're together, a couple of some sort or friends or something. So does he say she leaves with someone or he just like, oh, I lost track of her and I don't know what happened. He says that he went back to the hotel room um, doing what I'm not sure. He said he went back to the hotel room maybe for an hour, hour and a half when he went back to the party that she was gone. Okay. And he didn't, any, he didn't say if anybody said they saw her or he wasn't very forthcoming with like details information. Um, he just said that she was gone when he went back to get her and that he's been trying to get a hold of her. Did he seem concerned? Yes. And no, I don't think he was like as concerned as we are being her family, but he portrayed himself as if he was out looking for her. Where were they staying and where was this party? Um, the hotel they were staying at was the West Wind Lounge in Oakland. And the actual address of this party, I am not aware of. The police have that information. Okay, but that party was in Oakland as well? Yes. Okay. And so you guys were never able to really go to this house then? No, we were not able to go to the house. Um, Sunday, January 10th was when um, me and a few of my siblings went down to open ourselves to go to the hotel room to see if we could find her. Um, 
And when we got there, her car was there. We did not, we don't know this man. The only person that knew this man, Marcos, was my younger sister. She had met him before only once. And so we really didn't know what kind of person he is. We didn't really want to let him know that we were there. So we kind of were under the radar and just trying to figure out if we could find her ourselves. You know, we wanted to go down to where she was last known at just as a family member to try to get an understanding and a feeling of the area. And when you got to this hotel, what did you discover? What was left there of your sister? We didn't go into the hotel room. We just found her car, looked inside of it. It was locked, but we looked through the windows and asked the hotel clerk, like, if they had seen her, when's the last time she came back? How long were they staying here? And what did you find out? We found out that she had been staying there. We could not get the clerk to give us any detailed information about the man's name or hit what maybe one of his cars looked like. He just said if we brought the police there, he would be willing to give us information, but we really didn't get very far. So when your sister left on New Year's Day, did she say where she was going and what she was going to do? She just told him that she was leaving. She didn't tell my mom where she was going, uh, but that she was leaving because she had been previously living in LA for a few months and she would frequently come home and we you know, kept in contact with her every day if not every day, every other day, which is why it was so um, unlike her to not get a hold of one of her family members. We are close. Uh, I'm kind of like a mom figure to my younger siblings. So I get information, but I don't get every detail, you know, but there would be no reason for her to not come home and to have not been in contact with any of us for this long. This is unusual for her to to lose contact with you. She's never done this before, never vanished before like this. Never. Let me just get some background on your sister. So she was 18 years old last when you saw her. She Uh had just graduated from high school. And where was she at in her life? What was she trying to do? Um, She really didn't know what she wanted to do. She did want to go to school, but she didn't know what for. She was just kind of in that gray area, just graduated high school, kind of just figuring things out. Um, She had moved to LA for a few months, but she frequently came home and she was just kind of doing her own thing at that time. And so we just didn't really know. This is very odd for her to just disappear. And we're trying to do everything we can now to figure out where she is. So as far as like um, uh, searching and, and all that, I mean, have you guys even been able to search and what are police telling you at this point? We have gone down ourselves and hung flyers in Oakland and tried to, you know, track down her steps. But the man that she was with really, he has his own criminal background. So he wasn't really willing to help us. He said, I don't know where she went. I, she hasn't gotten a hold of me. I haven't talked to her since. And he kind of just dropped off and wasn't speaking to us. So we just actively tried to get the police more involved. The police did a search and rescue of the areas where her cell phone last pinged um, and they didn't come up with anything. Her case is now turned into a human trafficking case. So they are doing everything in that general area to try to figure out where she may have went or who has her. Okay, so police have basically taken this from a missing persons case to a trafficking situation. Um, Was there anything was there anything in particular that that they told you that drove them to that conclusion because the area that she went missing from, they have a high number of people who go missing and are linked to human trafficking. And she's a young, beautiful girl and we can't find her anywhere. So we just, that's what they're leading to. 
we have there have been some arrests made with a few other female associates, but they aren't forthcoming with information. And so we really are at we really don't know. We don't have any leads. We can't find her cell phone. She still is not on any social medias. There's really no trace of her after January 9th or January 8th when she went missing. So just to be clear, there's no use of her social security number. There's no social media. There's no cell phone. It ended her contact on the cell phone ended on January the 8th of when they last pinged it. Um, Do you know anything about what time her last call was or who that was? Um, It was about three, three o'clock in the morning. Um, I actually received a Snapchat from her. I was sleeping, obviously, but when I woke up the next morning, I got it. And it was something really simple. It was talking about my son. The ping cell phone, um, do you guys, you, you know where the area, was it like generally around the hotel where she was at or? No, it was not generally around the hotel. It was pinged to a location, um, a park in Oakland. That's where they did a, a um, aerial search with a drone. And they were looking in the park. I think the park is um, kind of ran down. You know, when they do pings, they only get meters, right? And they try to narrow that down. If the ping keeps going, then they can get an exact location. So it's within a meters. And within those meters that her la- her phone last pinged was that park. So they searched that area. Oh, wow. So a, a random rundown park. And the last ping was at like, was it, it was early in the morning hours of that. So, wow. Being at that park at that, yeah, that's. Okay. Got that. Um, okay. So as far as her possessions and, and things that she had, um, where does that stand right now? Do you guys have her stuff that was left at the hotel or what's, what's going on there? Her car has been, uh, has been retrieved. It's on evidence as well as her belongings. We were able to get some things. Most of it is for evidence. Deneen says the family is using money raised from a GoFundMe account for Tatiana to pay for a private investigator they just hired to take a deeper look at the case. So you were telling me that that you've had experiences with people like crank calling, telling you about ransom and threats. Tell me about that. Um, Yeah, we've had from the beginning, as soon as we put out, you know, our we made the mistake of putting our phone numbers on our flyers just because we wanted direct contact with whoever said that they met her. And we've had multiple people call prank call us and say that they've, you know, hurt my sister, that they need money if we want to see her. Um, just crazy, absurd things trying to scam us for money and use our disadvantage and our hurt hearts about our sister being gone. Like we, you know, they've said, Oh, we, well, we've killed your sister. Um, she's dead already. Weird text messages, phone calls, all kinds of things that are completely unnecessary and hurt our family. I reached out to Oakland police and Butte County investigators, and at this point, I'm told that both departments are working together on the case. They also say that they have been able to get information from Tatiana's cell phone records that show her last known location in Oakland. And they reconfirmed that she moved from her family home in Butte County to L.A., four months before she disappeared. And here's a side note. According to local media reports, Oakland, California has been a hot spot for sex trafficking for years and that California has some of the highest trafficking numbers in the country. Tell me about your sister, just so people can have a kind of a perspective of her, of her personality. Tell me about what she's like. What does she like to do? Was she funny? Was she serious? Was she, you know, what, what is, what is it about her that people can understand like her perspective of a person? 
Well, her middle name is Sunshine. Oh, there, there it goes. That starts there. <laughs> pretty much what she is. She was um, a very beautiful, very uh, loving, caring person. And she loved all of us and was always helpful. So it's really hard to be without her. It's just hard talking about her. Is your sister street savvy? Do you feel like she is? Um, we would like to think so. Um, she's very strong-minded. She's very, very, she knows what she wants. And I believe if the trouble that we think she's in, she's actively trying to get out of it. This is not by choice. If she had her choice, she would already be home. She would have already contacted us. Um, This is definitely, she's being held against her will, we believe. And we just don't know how we're going to get her back or how to start or what to do. And we're trying to do everything that we can on our end as a family to make her feel like she's like that we're doing everything to try to help find her. So what what would you say to um, those who may have information about your sister? If your sister is somehow able to see this, what, what are your words? Uh, That we love her and that we want her to come home and that we miss her. And we're never going to stop looking for her. Is there anything else that, if, that you would like to say to your sister or the public about those who have helped you with all of this? Um, every single person that donated to her GoFundMe, every person that has been in my private messages and commenting, uh, praying, and just keeping updated and sharing her posts, we, you have no idea how much it has helped us. Um, because we feel like once we put it out there that she was missing was when law enforcement really started caring as sad as that may be. Once we put her face out there, it was like, we're looking, you know? So, uh, it's, it's helping. Please don't stop sharing. Please keep, keep praying for her above everything else. Just so thankful for everybody and anyone that's prayed for us or donated to her cause know that her family, you know, we, there's so many things that are go involved in a case like this that we don't even have answers for. So we see people's concerns and we see people wanting more information, but if we had more information that we could give out that we don't even have ourselves, we would. It's, we're not lack of conversation or lack of posts because We just want to keep it under the radar. We want our sister found and we're trying to play our cards right. And so we can bring her home safely. You know, here's a question. Um, I'm very curious. You know, when you look at things in retrospect, were there ever ever any red flags or things that you think like, oh man, you know, now that comes to mind or how long does she know this guy? Like, is there, is there anything that kind of stands out for you now after the fact? I just wish I would have been more, I would have pressed more for more information about who she was associating herself with. I gave our family, we've been through a lot. We grew up to be adults fast and we give the benefit of the doubt that they can, that we can all, you know, make decisions wisely. And I feel like I should have maybe pressed harder for more information when she moved and when she would come home, just, you know, try to be there for her more so I could figure out who she was associating herself with. And see, this is my question. How was she introduced to Marcos? How did she meet this dude? Did she meet him through those roommates? Yes, I believe she met them through the roommates she was living with in LA. That's very interesting. Mm -hmm. Are they just not talking? (sighs) They're not talking to the right people. 
When it comes to my final thoughts about this case, it's clear the family believes that Tatiana is somehow wrapped up in human trafficking and is being held against her will. I do have to wonder, did she encounter someone at the party that night she disappeared and was she drugged and taken away? Or was there some other dark plan for her that she didn't realize and accidentally fell into? The family also wants to know more about the man who they only know as Marcos and Tatiana's former roommates who they believe introduced her to Marcos. Here's another thing. What about the last ping of Tatiana's cell phone at a nearby park in Oakland in the early morning hours of January the 8th? What is this park known for? What happened that night and how did she end up in that area? Another thing is that family members don't believe that Tatiana would just vanish and leave her family behind with no idea of where she is or no contact at all. Especially with all of her belongings still at the hotel where she was staying, including her car and her social media has been completely silent. Right now, the family is using money raised from a GoFundMe campaign, and they have hired a private detective who's looking deeper into the case. If you have any information in this case, call Butte County Detectives at 530-538-7671 or the Oakland Police Department's Missing Persons Unit at 510-238-3641. Tatiana is about 5 foot 6 and 130 pounds. If you have a case that you want me to check out, just visit me on the Intrigued Full Effect Facebook page or email me at intriguedfulleffect at hotmail.com. Until next time, be safe and stay true. The views, information, or opinions expressed during the Intrigued Full Effect, Curious Cases, Disappearances, and Other Stuff podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the host. The primary purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. The host of this podcast assumes no liability or responsibility for any activities in connection with opinions shared in the podcast. The podcast and blog associated with it shall not be used in any legal capacity or as a basis for expert testimony. Any copyright material in the podcast is approved by the owner or as part of the public domain. Music by Pond5.